This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Practicing mindfulness allowed me to pay mind to my emotions, validating them without adding judgment or blame to myself or others. Valeria Tellis interviews Alana Cahoon, the author of Mindfulness, Mantras, and Meditations, 55 Inspirational Practices to Soothe the Body, Mind, and Soul. Alana Cahoon serves professionals to transform their lives and relationships by creating a solid foundation for workflow and life balance. She assists professionals to strengthen their leadership skills, leap into entrepreneurial endeavors, and to manage transitions. Ms. Cahoon began her studies in holistic health at the New York Open Center in NYC and is certified as a natural health professional with concentration in nutrition, Reiki master in several lineages, and Hatha yoga. One of her fondest moments was organizing the visit of Buddhist monk and Nobel Peace Laureate Thich Nhat Hanh. Her business acumen was formed through a journey of temporary assignments in NYC's corporate offices. She was manager at the American Business Council in Dubai, United Arab Emirates, program director of one of New York State's technology business incubators, and marketing consultant. One of her business accolades was serving on the grant writing committee that became the recipient of a $6 million award. As an artist, Alana has recorded numerous CDs of original music and covers, These can be found on Amazon and iTunes. Her voice has been described as sultry, angelic, and bluesy. She's a graphic designer, videographer, photographer, painter, dancer, and actress. Her bachelor's degree in theater led her to New York City, where she performed off-Broadway and in the jazz and progressive rock club circuit. One of her favorite theatrical experiences was going on tour performing Molière. Meet Alana at alanacahoon.com. Here is the interview with Alana Cahoon. In your own words, who is Alana Cahoon? (laughs) She is a soul seeker. She's a creative spirit who loves to make people happy and to inspire others to fulfill their purpose in their lives. When you say soul seeker, what do you mean by that, Alana, exactly? You've heard the phrase body, mind, spirit, or body, mind, soul. And um, we are trained in, in the American culture anyway to sharpen our mental skills, our mind, um, and to take care of our bodies, um, the spirit or the soul piece is sometimes taken care of as well. 
there's a lot of freedom there. And I think there are so many choices to support. And I, I think I'm referencing different philosophies and religions yeah. that sometimes people just give up or, you know, um, don't, don't look to find something that really, truly resonates with them, with their spirit, their soul, which is really their heart center, right? Do you actually connect or use the same way those two words, soul and spirit? Are they the same to you? Sort of, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, interesting answer. <laughs> right. All connected, for sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. So spirituality is another idea we have, concept. So I'll ask you two questions related to them. What is spirituality to you and what is to be spiritual? Spirituality to me is seeing the divine in all things, in all beings, all creatures. And when we can look at life that way, We're much kinder to everyone. We care <laughs> more about things, about, about the earth, mm -hmm. about nature, about humanity. And then spirituality for me uh, is doing my best to spread love and compassion, to have a level of tolerance, to avoid judgmental yeah. uh, ways of thinking and being to meet people where they are on their path and to do my best to, to share light. When you say tolerance, do you also mean acceptance? Oh, they're quite different. Yeah, you know, sometimes life feels like a sword. Yeah. And there are two edges. There's the smooth side and there's the sharp side. Yeah. And I don't believe life is about one or the other. It's about living with suffering and bringing balance to both the, the smooth times, the, you know, it's balancing the highs and the lows. And so being tolerant of the times that are low, that are difficult. And we are certainly experiencing a lot of that now. So a lot of times I wonder if Acceptance is the key, really, or it's the, a sign of inner peace. Absolutely. Not tolerance, though. I don't know. For some reason, I don't use that word. So that's why I asked Alana if it is um, different. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's just because I, I hmm. may not have um, needed to even recognize the value of tolerance if we were not experiencing such times of uncertainty right now. And uh, there's a, a great level of anxiety uh, and blaming and attacking and um, intolerance. And so, yeah, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right in the matching of tolerance with acceptance. We cannot change someone from their behavior or their thoughts or their patterns. We can only change ourselves in the way we respond, mm, the yes. way we respond to people or, or experiences that may cause an unsettling feeling in our lives. Do you believe in a destination in a way when it comes to balance and tolerance and acceptance, or 
is this movement, this dance in and out of balance? I believe it's both. I think life is a journey, but I'll speak for myself. It's yeah. constantly a dance because just yeah. when I think I've got something figured out, <laughs> um, <laughs> something else comes the ball up. will drop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, it's a very interesting dance. Yeah, from my perspective, just watching that, exactly that. When I think I have, I know something, then something else just shows up, <laughs> um, declaring quite the opposite. Continue with the warm-up questions. Let me see, I'll ask you this one. What is your own definition for true leadership? True leadership begins with setting your intention for the betterment of not only yourself, but for all others involved in your project. So for instance, if you're leading a company that sells software product, removing it from the technical advantage, how does your company serve? How will this product serve humanity or serve the planet? And making that the destiny point. I think true leaders need to go outside of themselves and see the full vision of how their leadership, their style, what it is they're selling or what they stand for, how it affects everyone and everything else around them. Can you tell me the difference between a leader and, let's say, a manager or director, mm -hmm. how do we learn to recognize, not just outside of us, but even in ourselves, when we are a leader? Right. So I'd like to take it a further step and, and call it conscious leadership, mm -hmm. right. right? Because you can be a leader and be pretty selfish and narcissistic, and yeah. you can still lead others, and you can still lead a, a company into financial success. Right. But it may be so disruptive. So I'd like to say thinking of yourself as a conscious leader. Um, and that leadership can apply to any person. There used to be a UPS delivery person at a company I worked at some time ago. And he smiled. He smiled every day he came in. He smiled and he knew everyone's name. And there was no reason for that. And I remember commenting on it. And he said, well, I'm just grateful to get up in the morning. I'm grateful to have this job. I'm grateful to see you today and make your life happier. <laughs> That's leadership. <laughs> What do you think is the purpose of the human experience? I believe the purpose of the human experience is to accept, as you said, everything as it is. And to bring balance, to bring light into all situations. So when there is disharmony, dysfunction, conflict, to bring that open heart, that conscious leadership, without judgment, without attaching yourself to the result one way or another. This is the ultimate goal, isn't it? for all of us to get to this state of being, of mind, mm -hmm. which I think is a state of heart, isn't it, Alana? It is. 
a state of heart. In some cultures, the heart is considered the heart-mind. What is to be free from your perspective? <laughs> when I think of freedom, I think of dancing. Yeah. I love to dance. <laughs> and there is such, uh, uh, you know, almost a reckless abandon where you just open your arms and, and you're not concerned about how you look or how you sound. And it's about really coming completely into your own truth, your own truth, um, without covering anything up. It's about being raw. And that's where, that's where our inner peace is. True. Inner peace is freedom in all situations. So true. Do you connect this idea of freedom to authenticity? Absolutely. I like to use this phrase as I'm guiding others and in my own life to use a safe level of detachment. And so that means to have your open heart, to have a level of vulnerability and empathy, but to be detached enough or distanced enough so that you aren't engaged or tied up or hooked into another person's story or so it's so that you can be authentic so that you don't get so influenced or pulled in one direction or another but to stay centered in in your own divine nature so you wrote in your book you have something yeah this phrase you say love is the essence of happiness What are some of the greatest misconceptions about love from your perspective? I think a misconception of love as, is that the person you love thinks and sees and feels the world the way you do. Yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> and so that's true. what we, we dream of that, that yeah. I think is a, a romantic <laughs> idealism of love. But love in its greatest form, is unconditional. It's loving something like a flower for simp its simple nature. And it, that flower will wake up and blossom and it will close and it will sleep and it will eventually go away. And um, I think that's it, that letting go of controlling uh, a relationship to maintain love. Do you believe in unconditional self-love? Oh, I believe in it. <laughs> uh, not easy. To <laughs> yes. so, I think uh, that's our, I think, you know, that probably is one of the number one um, purposes in life is to love ourselves unconditionally. And it's not narcissism. It's not about saying, oh, I'm so great at this and I'm, you know. It's about I am, I am here now. This is all of me. Right. And I love my natural, imperfect, fabulous mm -hmm. self. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just the way it is, right, in this moment. You wrote the book, Mindfulness, Mantras and Meditations, 55 Inspirational Practices to Soothe the Body, Mind and Soul. Two initial questions, Alana. 
How did you become a writer and what was the inspiration and intention of writing this book? Well, I began creative writing at a young age. I lived in New York City for 10 years in the arts, in the world of arts, and I carried a journal around with me wherever I went. And so I, I wrote on a daily basis. Uh, then I decided to get published. So I published some poetry, uh, wrote for a few um, uh, magazines, you know, just one-off kinds of things. My mother was a writer. Um, my grandmother was a writer. So it's in the family as well. And um, then I started writing for a magazine for women that's local here, an online magazine. I've been doing that for about four years. And um, I started this book uh, quite a while ago. In fact, I started about five books. And I, I just never found the time or the intention to complete it until the global pandemic hit. And that, for me, was a transformational time that said, what have I not completed that I really want to get done? And this is book number one. So talk to me about how you discovered mindfulness and also meditation. Mm -hmm. So as a teenager, I became a vegetarian and I, I came across a book on transcendental meditation. So that was my entry into meditating. I went to a Catholic school for six years, so fully um, full-fledged <laughs> prayer, uh, <laughs> uh, which I think is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and meditating is, is going deeper into your own personal soul and knowing that God's light lives within you and to access that light. Um, so meditation, I just, it, it came very easily, very naturally. Like it's one of my favorite things to do. And then when I lived in New York City, I studied at the New York Open Center, which is a holistic learning center, and learned all kinds of fun things in holistic health. I've always just um, been concerned about wellness and, and kindness. And so I've gotten um, a few certifications in, as a natural health professional, as a Reiki master. And um, right now I'm, I'm working... Uh, training actually uh, at Taramandala, which is a beautiful Tibetan retreat center in Colorado. And now uh, most of the teachings are online. So I've learned all kinds of styles of meditation. And, and I think and that comes back to the question about spirituality. There's so many ways to access the divine, you know, and, and the divine is love, right? The divine is love in its purest form. Yes. Um, I question, another question I often ask, not to everyone, but those who teach mindfulness, yoga, is the difference between mindfulness and meditation. Right. Is there a difference, Alana, really? Yes, there is. Mindfulness is taking the meditation off the cushion. Right. So when you're sitting in meditation, meditation is a, is a silent, quiet, reflective process. Uh, sometimes it includes mantras. Sometimes it includes prayers, um, sutras. But it's a very focused experience of bringing complete 
quiet to the mind and the spirit and the body. Mindfulness is taking that experience of being in the present moment throughout your entire life. And so, and this may answer part of the other question, I've worked in the corporate world as well and and just experience for myself the discord and the, the uh, stress, the intense stress. And I think everyone's experiencing that now. Mindfulness allows us to be in that stress, acknowledge the stress without judging, without changing, simply being aware, and then that allows you to respond differently. So mindfulness is is the gateway to bringing stress reduction throughout your day. And breathing is very much part of it because mm-hmm. every time I think about being in the moment, even the thought of it then makes my breathing deeper immediately. It brings back the present moment. It's connected to the breath. From my experience, it has been. The breath is the core of all meditations, of all meditation practices. It focusing on the breath. And yes, when we focus on our breath throughout the day, there's a difference. When we are experiencing stress or anxiety, the breath becomes more shallow and fast. And when we're more relaxed, we tend to breathe uh, longer breaths. And so bringing that awareness, absolutely. Do you see the idea or the state of mind of peacefulness, of being peaceful, the same as being calm and relaxed? Yes, there's an inner peace that often reflects outward as calmness. It's it's funny, I've had, um, that that is one word I've had many people describe me as. Like if I'm just meeting someone, um, you know, Mm -hmm. within the first 10 minutes or half hour, an hour, they'll say, you're calm. I feel yeah. calm around you. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, good. Okay. <laughs> That's great. The state of calm and, and relaxation arises from inner peace. Would you say that? It does. It does. And I think it's a practice. Right. You know, yeah. I think we have a tendency as human beings to see what we don't have. Yeah. True. And 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 then if you bring your awareness to that and be grateful for what you do have, that automatically brings a sense of calm. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with striving to do your best and to achieve, um, but setting your intention and living with intention and purpose is far more enjoyable and brings a sense of inner peace, calm, and contentment. In your book, you write, gratitude is one of the simplest forms of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So gratitude is connected to mindfulness, not meditation per se, Marielena. Right. You can turn gratitude into your meditation, you know, if you bring yourself into uh, a quiet, peaceful state of meditation where you're clearing your mind and you can focus, you can focus on the word gratitude, focus on its essence, its meaning. So, you know, some meditations are clearing the mind and that is the focus. Sometimes it's reflecting on an intention. 
But gratitude is a way of being and a way of thinking and and falls more into the state of mindfulness. Talk to me for a moment about the benefits of mindfulness and what gratitude is not. The benefits of mindfulness are health and wellness. When we are stressed out, we stress, you know, when we are stressed out emotionally, we stress out our body. Yeah. That is just written everywhere. And it's at the point where everyone agrees that that's true, including the Western medical industry. So mindfulness allows us to be in the present moment, allowing ourselves to recognize that we're in a stressful situation and basically says, it's okay. Mindfulness is saying, okay, here I am. Take a deep breath in and out. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the way this feels. So how can I shift my reaction into a healthy response? And maybe suggesting gratitude. What what is good in this situation? What it's again, it's really easy to go to the negative when we're in an uncomfortable situation. But what is the positive? How does this benefit yourself and others? And if we can come from that place, then responding to uh, a crisis or a negative situation is a bit is a bit easier. Yeah, it sounds like it, it would be much easier <laughs> that way. Just the idea of being grateful, seeing. And it's not really being positive because what I like about it is that we see reality as is and we accept it and we embrace it. And that from that, we can be open to be grateful for even the negative things per se. As for what gratitude is not, would you like to make a comment on that? I have to think about that. What gratitude is not. Gratitude is not complaining. Gratitude is not comparing. We have a tendency to compare ourselves to others and therefore everything is less than or we are less than. So if you can remove comparison out of your vocabulary, out of your thought process. It'll allow you to be grateful. Um, Gratitude is going to the beach and being prepared, (laughs) knowing, knowing that the sun is going to be hot and you're wearing, uh, you know, the right, I don't know, hat and protection gear so that you can enjoy it being grateful that you are prepared. And and if not, sometimes gratitude allows you to, to be spontaneous and resourceful. Sometimes the best times are created out of malfunctions. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> you are also a musician. So you have music, you have published music, um, some CDs. Talk to me about that for a moment, Elena. How did you come across music? I, I'm, I'm a natural singer. Uh, I'm trained as well, but um, I've been given the gift of voice. And so I began studying singing at a young age. I was always in the theater and I uh, got a degree in theater and I did 
off-Broadway and uh, led my own band, several different bands, wrote a bunch of music. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's fun. It's just, you know, talk about being your authentic self. That's, That's what you really need to be. I like to tell creatives the the key i believe is in, in being creative is to hone your your theory understand your modality if it's if it's singing then get trained and know what the technique is but in the end you've got to let it all go and allow that divine within your soul to to come through it's the soul it's the soul in the music that captures people's attention. You worked with Thich Nhat Hanh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how was that experience with him? I love it. Uh, it was it was profound. Uh, he was visiting New York City, and uh, I I was you know with the group that was hosting his visit, and so I was on the stage with him. And I saw some, you know, serious devotees and I had read a few of his books and very impressed. And and what's really beautiful about Thich Nhat Hanh is he writes so simply yeah. and so profoundly and it's almost like poetry. Right. And so uh, I think that has influenced me so much uh, by, by his simplicity. And one of his earliest books was Pieces Every Step. I'm saying every step is peace, and that's mindfulness, every step. And then my all-time favorite book of, of Buddhism, which is by Thich Nhat Hanh, I think it's called White Clouds, uh, and it's just a gorgeous story. He, again, it's just the easiest read. It's a pretty dense book, but it's, it's beautifully written. So, um, yeah, it's just about kindness. It's being kind to yourself and others, right? It's all about love, love and compassion. He has that presence, yeah, the presence of love and kindness, right, gentleness. Would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book, Alana? Uh, Well, (laughs) I was thinking about the passage, and I thought the poem on gratitude, which is in the opening chapter, might be nice. Yes. What do you think? Absolutely, yes, yeah. Gratitude. Each day I awake, I offer thanks for the warmth of my bed, the comfort of home, the kindness of family. Each day I look around and give thanks for the beauty of the trees, the flowers, the rolling hills, the clouds in the sky, the birds singing their song, life passing along. Each evening, I give thanks for the food set in front of me to nurture my body, the time to reflect and calm my mind. Each night, I lie in bed and give thanks for the extraordinary opportunity to live another day, to move in my miraculous body, to energize it with wholesome foods, to engage it in physical activity, to purify it inside and out with water, with the power of the mind to illuminate kindness, to pacify anger, to heal pain, to open to the possibility 
of doing it all again on a new day, if I'm so lucky. Profound wisdom. I love the, uh, the chapter eight, uh, Fear of Death. That's another mm. one that caught my attention. And with that in mind, I have this question for you. It's a question that I ask all my guests. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a different way? <laughs> I would avoid procrastination a little bit more than I already am. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah I would not wait. I would yeah. not wait for mm. anything. You know, yeah. I would make things happen. <laughs> yeah. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? We are responsible for ourselves. We are responsible to others. Life is never ending. Those are my three things. Life is never ending. It really feels like it. <laughs> it feels like it's never ending. Um, yes. Wow. Thank you so much, Elena, for your profound, timeless wisdom, your beautiful and relaxing, peaceful presence, the work you do to improve and to bring light to this reality and everything else in between. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Valeria. It was my pleasure. Thank you for all that you do. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? It's all on my website, which is my name, alanacahoon.com. And I'll spell that for you. That's A-L-A-N-A-C-A-H-O-O-N.com. I'll have that uh, address on your podcast profile too. Thank you. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Valeria. Bye for now, Alana. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Alana Cahoon and her work, please visit alanacahoon.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.